Sox fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a great show for you this week. Uh, as you know, the Ducks beat the Calgary Flames in four games. So they move on to the second round. They're going to take on the Edmonton Oilers. Eddie and I are going to preview that series. We're going to talk about some numbers uh, from the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, we've got tons of fan questions. Player updates as well. Uh, some stuff going on with the goals as well. As you know, they're in the playoffs too. So we're going to cover all of that stuff. But when we did our last show, Eddie, the um, Ducks were up three games to zero on the Calgary Flames. They went into the fourth game, and they ended up taking them out in this one uh, kind of early. The uh, the Ducks got two goals right away. Patrick Eves, Nate Thompson. Uh, the Flames were able to get uh, one back. But uh, Getzloff got an empty net goal, and the Ducks uh, finished off the Flames on the road uh, you know, three goals to one, which was actually the first time a game was decided by more than a goal. But an- another great game by the Ducks, Eddie. Uh, they get out the brooms, they sweep the flames, and continue their streak of losing against the Ducks. Yeah, and another game, too, where we had a, a disparity in penalties early on, and it got to the point where it was, in two games, it was eight penalties for, for the against the Ducks and, and zero against the Flames, and obviously it finished off with the Ducks getting two power plays. But I think it was a hard-fought effort. I, I know... As fans, that was frustrating, and I'm sure it was frustrating for for the players. You could see it on their faces every time they took a penalty, and nothing seemed to go the other way. And, and I think that was a tough, fought, hard road game. I, I mean, it's tough. Uh, you're up three zero. The team's desperate. You know, they've got nothing to lose now. They have to go out, and and, and the, the Flames came out and they played a, a really strong game. And I think, you know, kudos to the Ducks early getting on the board. Brian Elliott uh, gifted Patrick Eves with the, the first goal, and then Thompson <laughs> continued his strong play. And put the Ducks up two nothing. I think that was key going into the second period, and they played a pretty strong second period too. Other than obviously the power play goal, Monahan getting his fourth power play goal of the of the series, um, and I think that's the only thing that was been really poor for the Ducks in the series was the penalty kill. But we'll talk about that later. And then a really strong defensive effort in the third period. Obviously, Getzloff finishing it off with the uh, empty net goal, and I, I think very key timely saves from Gibson as well. Uh, key face-off wins from, for, for Matt and Thompson. For, for Actually, for once, Kessler actually wasn't dominant in the face-off in this game. He was actually only 17%. So other guys stepped up in, in, in Thompson and for Matt and, and won key face-offs, and they really grinded out the win here. And I think it was key that they won this in four. We talked about it in, in the last podcast. For them to get rest for guys like Fowler and Botton and, and, and Lindholm, and even Eves, who picked up a knock in, in Game 3, to get back and be 100% and, and, and ready for Round 2. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we got a lot of updates, obviously, on the players. Uh, you know, Thompson and Lindholm got dinged up in this uh, game a little bit towards the end, but they sound like they're going to be good to go. Uh, we've got, you know, a lot of other player updates we'll get to. But like you mentioned, this, uh, you know, win uh, in four games was huge because Edmonton and San Jose still had to battle it out. Uh, if you remember, they were tied 2-2. Two to two. Edmonton did end up winning uh, the final two and, and took that series four to two, and that's obviously who the Ducks are going to play next, um, and it's going to start on Wednesday at Honda Center. So, um, kind of, we're going to look at uh, how the teams did during the regular season, and then we're going to talk about both of their first round matchups. Um, you know, looking at this season, the Ducks played the Oilers five times. They ended up winning uh, twice in regulation. 
They lost one time in regulation and then lost two times in overtime. Um, you know, some pretty close games there, too. The Ducks could have easily won uh, those overtime games. Uh, if you remember, they they had some chances to win and then, unfortunately, went to overtime in a couple of those games. But if we look at this, uh, you know, we'll break it down. We'll look at the offense, the defense, and the goaltending. Uh, you know, just kind of like Calgary during the regular season, some of these numbers are, are you know, pretty even, Eddie. I mean, if you look at the goals per uh, game during the season, uh, the Ducks were at 2.68, and Edmonton was a little bit higher at 2.96. So that's where the, you are in the uh, goal differential. Not too much. I mean, pretty close. Um, you know, you look at the team points overall, the Ducks had 105. Uh, Edmonton had 103. Um, so, you know, some pretty even numbers there. Um you look at their uh, even uh, strength goals per game. The Ducks had two. Uh, Edmonton had 2.23. Uh, you look at the power play goals per game. The Ducks had 0.57. And the Oilers had uh, 0.68. So some pretty even numbers there. Um, even the shots on goal per game. The Ducks averaging just under 30. And the Oilers averaging just over 31. So it's pretty even if you look at the regular season on offense, Eddie. I, I think uh, Edmonton did pick it up. In the last couple games, you know, um, Kessler had shut down McDavid pretty good earlier in the season. And then obviously he started to score in some of these later games. So and we'll talk about that, too, as being a key. But in terms of offense and looking at the regular season, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you have to give the the boost to the Oilers uh, on offense in the regular season. I, I mean, in some categories, like you said, they, they were only slightly leading shots per game, shots per goal, team shooting percentage. They were only slightly leading, but you know their their core offense, obviously Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, they led the way, and the Oilers were just under three in goals per game, which was was something was a lot higher. Uh, you know, they ranked eighth, the Ducks ranked eighteenth, so there is a significant advantage there. Uh, but the, the key thing is to mention as well, it, it is the regular season, and, and when you look at the first round as well, and we'll talk about it in a bit. The Oilers did struggle, and, and only really their two big guns, and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, showed up. But you know, when looking at these regular season stats, I think. You have to give an advantage to the Oilers. You know they have the probably the better top end talent. Connor McDavid is one of the best players in the league. Leon Draisaitl has stepped up and really meshed on that line with him. So I think you know a slight ad- advantage to them. Obviously, considering that they lead in in every single of the uh, the offensive categories that we have listed here. Yeah, I agree. I, I, th- during the regular season, they do have a slight edge uh, for offense. Um, in terms of defense, <laughs> I kind of it looks like here. You look at the numbers. Uh, Anaheim has a little bit of an edge here. Uh, the goals against per game, the Ducks are at two point four. Edmonton is at two point five two. Uh, if you look at uh, the even strength numbers, it's even lower for the Ducks. It's one point seven nine, and then for Edmonton, one point nine four. On the power play, they're both dead even at point five two. Um, shots uh, against are almost dead even both in 29 and change uh, so the numbers you know again are a little bit closer but if you look at the defense overall uh, during the regular season that is uh, I would give a little bit of an edge to the Ducks here Eddie based upon the numbers yeah and, and I think that's a little bit obvious I mean the Oilers their only real struggle in, in the regular season was defense I think a lot of their defense was around how the play of Cam Talbot and how well he played uh, the, in the regular season I mean he played he had 42 wins for them in the regular season. I mean, he was a key part to, to their success. 
And, and the Ducks do actually lead them in almost every single defensive category we have listed here. And, and I think that's a testament to, to the Ducks' to defense and obviously the play of John Gibson and at times the play of Jonathan Bernier as well. So I think it, it was an excellent season defensively for the Ducks. Uh, they carried that into the playoffs, maybe not at the same level, but they played decent defensively at times uh, against Calgary. And I think if they can just step it up and get back to the way they were playing during the regular season, I think they'll have an even higher advantage over the Oilers. And uh, during the regular season, the other part of this too, you mentioned uh, Bernier and Gibson is the is the goalie battle, which we figure will be Gibson against Talbot in this series. Uh, if you look at the numbers overall, uh, these are again, you know, maybe a little bit edged to the Ducks, but pretty even. The um, the save percentage was point nine one nine. Uh, for the Ducks, for Edmonton, 0.914. So, I mean, very, very close. Uh, goals against average, the Ducks averaged uh, 2.37 against Edmonton, 2.49. So, very, very even. Shutouts, Ducks had 8, Edmonton had 7. So, maybe another slight edge to the Ducks, but as we keep saying, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a, t- a tight battle, I think, in net. Uh, but I still give the edge to, uh, to Gibson in the series. Yeah, I think you look at Gibson's numbers. Obviously, he didn't play as many games. So injuries factor into that, and the fact that the Ducks actually have a capable backup goaltender in Jonathan Bernier, that also factors into it as well. Uh, but I think when you just look at the two goalies in Gibson and Talbot, I think there's a slight edge for Gibson. And, and I know that probably sounds a little bit biased. Talbot played great this season. You know, he, he won 42 games for the Oilers. But I, I think you look, you, you got to look at the specific numbers, obviously, save percentage, goals against average, the amount of shutouts that each goaltender had. And I think that uh, Gibson does have a slight advantage. And, and maybe he doesn't have as much playing time, but I, I think you look at those categories and he does. And then you also have to look at the goaltender depth as well. And I think if at any time either one of the goaltenders struggle and you have to go to the backup, the Ducks have a significant advantage there, as in Jonathan Bernier is a lot more experienced and and arguably a better backup goaltender than Laurent Brassois that Edmonton has. So I think that's also an advantage for the Ducks. Um, but I think, you know, when we're comparing starters, um, you know, as of game one, I, I think the Ducks definitely have an advantage uh, with John Gibson between the pipes. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. If you look at the two series now, the the Ducks series against Calgary and then Edmonton against San Jose, there's there's some interesting numbers here and some and some keys to this matchup that we're going to go over. Uh, one of the biggest things, it's, it was kind of, I guess, a surprise maybe to some people, is that uh, Edmonton struggled offensively in this series against San Jose. They only averaged two goals per game. Um, and if you look at that series, I mean, they actually played well in, in five of the games. Talbot had two shutouts. Um, obviously, San Jose blew him out in that one crazy game, seven to zero. But outside of that, you know, they've only scored uh, two goals uh, per game. They gave up two point three against, which again, that's probably inflated from that one blowout game. But it's kind of interesting because if you look at the Ducks' numbers, Eddie, the Ducks averaged three point five goals a game and gave up two point five. So. It's going to be interesting. We kind of thought maybe you know Edmonton would have a, a higher power offense in the playoffs, but right now it looks like the Ducks are the team that's been scoring more goals. Uh, you know, based upon um, the first round series. Yeah, and it, like you said, it, it is a little bit interesting to see that flip where the Ducks' offense struggled in the regular season and defense was key to success, and it was the opposite for the Oilers, and now they've both switched around. And, and like you said, I think the goals against per game for the, for the Oilers, they're probably ranked a little bit higher if they don't lose that game 7 nothing. so it's it's probably higher than 8th, which is, which is key for them. That's a, a real uh, success for them to have, especially with the blue line that they have, and, and obviously with Cam Talbot and the, and the struggles that they had in the regular season. You know, they still did finish eighth, but I think it, it's important that for them that they they have that going. But yeah, you look at the offense, and that's something you thought that they would have 
uh, going in this series. And, and really, the only two guys who uh, stepped up for them were Connor McDavid and Leon Drysettle. You know, McDavid had two goals to assist and four points. Drysettle had three points. And the only other forward for them who had over three points was Mark Letetsu. So they struggled offensively. They struggled to get some depth scoring. Um, I mean, they still did end up winning this game. They had some key victories, the 16-save shutout for Talbot and then the 23-save shutout for Talbot back-to-back were really important uh, moments of this series for them. But I think all in all, it, it comes down to San Jose's struggle to generate any offense. And, and other than the game that they won 7 nothing, the Sharks didn't really get much going. And, and I, I don't know if that's credit to the Oilers' defense or just the Sharks' inability to get any offense going. And, and I think that's something the Ducks are going to have to focus on in, in this series. It's really figuring out if it was due to the Oilers' defense that, that they were able to shut out the Sharks in, in, in two games and, and really close out this series, or if it was due to the Sharks' inability to score goals. No, I think those are <clears throat> both important things to look at. I think the injury thing is to uh, to check out too. I mean, obviously, a lot of players are injured this time during the year. We've talked about it. Players are banged up. They have bruises and nicks and scratches and all that. And obviously, some of the Ducks do, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But you know, Thornton played in this series. It came out today with uh, torn MCL and ACL. So you know that affected the offense. Um, not to take away from Talbot, you know, 16 save shutout. I mean, it's good, but it's 16 saves. I mean, it's not a lot, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that's, like you said, the defense helping out or if it's the Sharks not being 100% healthy, uh, you know, offensively uh, in the series. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Ducks offense matches up uh, against the Edmonton defense in this series, I think. Um, I think that's going to be a key. If the Ducks can keep scoring, you know, three plus goals a game, then I think they're going to be in a good shape, you know, to take this series. I mean, I don't think they're going to take it four games, but they'll definitely be in a good shape to win it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it comes down to that if they're they're going to eventually pull this series. Uh, everything combined. I mean, the the ability to shut down McDavid, the Ducks need to get their penalty kill going, offense has to keep firing like it has, depth scoring, and then obviously the guys coming back from injury and Fowler and Vaughton will hopefully help. Uh, boost the penalty kill from being league worst in in, in the first round. So I, I think all those things come together. Um, it's going to be an important game. Obviously, home ice is huge. The, the way the Ducks played in the first round and the way the Ducks played at home in the regular season is going to be important. Uh, the Oilers are a, a similar road team to Calgary. So I think it'll be interesting to see how the Ducks play in the first two games. Obviously, with the rest, you never know if, if too much rest is a good or bad thing until the Ducks first hit the ice. So I think they're going to have to get get it going early, get to Talbot, get a lot of shots, get traffic in front of the net. And if they can get to him early and lower his confidence, I mean, we saw in the game that they lost 7 nothing. You know, he's not always perfect. And I think consistency is key in the playoffs, and the Ducks are going to have to do that early. I agree. And, you know, that argument always comes up, uh, rust versus rest. And whether or not it's a good thing or not, I know that if you follow the Ducks, some of the interviews, some of the players said it was a good thing because obviously trying to get Fowler back. We talked about Lindholm and Thompson getting dinged up in game four, uh, Vatnin as well. You have all these different injuries going on. So especially in the Ducks blue line, they had talked about it being health uh, a good thing to get healthy. But like you said, game one, that's something to watch if the Ducks are going to come out in that same type of groove that they've been in in those four games, or if not, that's going to be important too, especially getting that early goal uh, in game one. Another thing that's kind of interesting in the series too, Eddie, is I don't really know if anybody's going to have home ice advantage in the crowd because the Oilers brought back their orange, and if you watch their games, all their fans are wearing orange too. So 
I don't know if that's really going to help either team. I mean, obviously it matters when it comes to the line changing and all that, and we'll talk about that. But I think it's going to be interesting since it's the painted orange versus the orange crush. Yeah, I, I think maybe in for sight of, of fans, it, it's going to be interesting. But obviously when you're in Edmonton, the cheers are going to be based towards the Oilers. And when you're in Anaheim, the cheers are going to be based towards the Ducks. So I don't think it matters as much there. It'll be interesting to see, though, obviously with the Oilers going with the orange uh, and the Ducks also having orange. I wonder if it's the first time that really two teams have met where they're kind of going with the same theme throughout the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be a little bit of a funny thing to see, especially if you see any Ducks fans uh, in Edmonton wearing orange or any Oilers fans in Anaheim wearing orange. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the funny thing is the name Orange Crush because it's been out there. It's not really original, but it's going to be interesting to see how each team uh, responds to that as well. But I think another key that we, we're going to talk about is the uh, the power play as well. Is the Ducks power play is 23.1% against the Oilers 80.5%. Uh, so I think that's another key. Eddie is going to be the power play against the penalty kill and vice versa. The Edmonton uh, penalty, uh, power play has struggled too in the first round. Yeah, you know, the Oilers special teams weren't great in the first round. Um, they were actually, uh, their power play was one of the best in the NHL in the regular season. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure if that's testament to the Sharks. Their penalty kill was awful, I believe, in, in the, or was, yeah, I believe the penalty kill was awful during the regular season. And they finally got things going in this series. But, you know, the, a lot of the Oilers' offense uh, drives through Connor McDavid and through Leon Dreisettle in their first power play unit, and, and if they can't get things going, then the, their power play is going to struggle. And, and you know, that's the job's going to fall on Ryan Kessler and, and Antoine Vermette and, and Logan Shaw and, and, and Wagner and the guys on the penalty kill, especially the defense, too, of Fowler and Fontenot are back to limit the chances for the Oilers' power play. And then you look at the Ducks' power play as well. They played great during the first round. They had, they had a lot of things going for them. Theodore was a big boost to that power play. And I think they're going to have to jump on the Oilers' uh, poor penalty kill in the first round. And I think that's going to be important for the Ducks. I mean, are we going to see another situation where maybe the Ducks go to Edmonton and they don't get a lot of uh, power play opportunities like we saw in <laughs> Calgary? That hopefully doesn't happen. I don't think I could handle having something like that happen again with eight straight penalties and, and zero for the Ducks. But um, I don't think we'll see something like that happen again. At least I hope not. And, and the Ducks are going to have to take advantage of their uh, their power play opportunities and limit, uh, you know, get better um, defensively and limit their their discipline and and get better discipline in the first in this second round. Uh, they were awful in the first round. A lot of bad penalties that could have been avoided. And Calgary made them pay. And you can't do that two rounds, especially against this team when you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle on that power play unit. Yeah, I agree with you. That that's one key for the Ducks to look at. They got to be more disciplined, and they got to be better on the penalty kill. Obviously, not having Fowler, and then you know Votnin for a majority of these games as well hurt them. Uh, I think it was interesting. We had a fan question too from Kyle about that. He said, you know, our power plays were non-existent during the uh, Calgary series, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, will we get shafted in Edmonton? Uh, I hope not because, you know, game three, the Ducks had uh, zero power plays. If you remember, there was one penalty killed on Calgary, but it was an evened up situation. Then the Ducks did get two power plays in game four, which, you know, helped out. But um, I hope they get more power plays. I mean, game three was particularly frustrating uh, the way it went. And uh, for the Ducks to basically beat the refs, uh, beat Calgary and come back, you know, being down four goals to one, I think put the Ducks over in order to, you know, go into game four at the momentum and win that one. I hope they don't get in that kind of situation, Eddie, especially going into Edmonton, but they definitely have to short up the penalty kill at 62.5%. I mean, 
uh, it's it's tough. I mean, the Ducks, the penalty kill struggled, but uh, you know, to give them a little bit of credit too. I mean, when you're when you're killing off so many uh, power plays in a row. Uh, it's tough. I mean, when you're out there, uh, like in game three, and you're trying to, you know, kill three or four off in a row, um, it's going to be difficult to, you know, withstand all those. Not saying that, you know, making excuses for them, but you're a little bit shorthand on the blue line. You're constantly on the defense instead of attacking. Uh, it, you know, it's going to wear down any team. Hopefully, the Ducks do get, you know, the penalty kill better. Like you talked about, you know, the the power play for Edmonton was terrible at just 12.5%. So that's another thing to watch. It's going to be, you know, basically each team's uh, power play versus the penalty kill. And it's going to be huge, I think, in this series, Eddie, um, with, you know, obviously the Ducks power play doing well against the the Edmonton penalty kill doing well. And then obviously vice versa with the other two not doing as well. Yeah. And I think in the first round, too, you have to give credit to the Calgary Flames power play. I, I mean, they came into the playoffs with a hot power play. Uh, and they continued to, to do that in the first round. And, and, I mean, it was difficult for the Ducks to really control them. Uh, Monaghan especially, the, the positions he was getting himself in, uh, he deserved those goals. And, and the way the Flames were moving the puck on that power play, uh, I don't know if having Vaughn and Fowler really would have changed the situation that, that the Ducks penalty kill was in during that series. Um, I think having the back will obviously help and make them more mobile on the blue line, give an opportunity to have some better players out there. But, um, you know, you run into a hot power play and sometimes there's not much you can do. And obviously they can get better and they should be getting better uh, in the second round. Um, but, you know, you won't have to face a power play that has been on fire coming out of, of either round one or the regular season in the Oilers. So I think that will hopefully be an advantage for the Ducks and that they'll be able to shore up that, that issue from round one. You know, and another important part of this series, and uh, a lot of people talk about this, we had Zach asked us too, is about Kessler against McDavid. <clears throat> and, and this is going to be, of course, huge, Eddie, in this series. Uh, I think a lot of it, you're really going to have to pay attention to the line changes. Um, the Ducks have home ice, of course, which helps. If you remember, it doesn't really matter with the face-offs anymore because now the face-offs, it just matters where the puck is being dropped and which zone. But in terms of the matchups, the Ducks will have the advantage in more games than not. But I would look for Edmonton to switch the lines up quickly on these uh, road games. But I think Carlisle will be ready, Eddie. I mean, he made some good in-game changes in the first series and and basically, you know, outcoached uh, the Flames. So <clears throat> I think that's going to be definitely huge. And, uh, you know, whether or not the Kessler line can shut down the McDavid line, it's going to be, you know, maybe one of the biggest uh, probably focal points of this series. Yeah, I think it is the main focal point of this series. I mean, you have to look at round one and, and look at the key players for the Oilers. And, and not a lot of guys got it done. I mean, look at Eberle. He had one assist. You know, Maroon had one goal. Nugent Hopkins had zero points in the six games that he played. Pouliot had zero points. You know, those are guys in their top six that, that didn't really do great. Um, you know, McDavid had four points in those six games. Drysaddle had... Uh, the three points in in, in those uh, six games as well, and and that was really it for them. They they got some offense from Clefbaum from the blue line, and they got some some offense from their third line center and, and Latetsu. But you know it's going to be important for for Kessler to shut those guys down. Now, obviously, you know I don't expect Everly and Lucic and Maroon and, and Nugent Hopkins to stay completely quiet for long, but it it translates throughout the team if you can shut down their best players and their best line it, it, it makes a team frustrated and, and I think it's going to be important I mean Kessler played great in the first round limited the chances that Monaghan and Goodrow had uh, even strength and really their only offense at least from Monaghan came on the power play and Goodrow was relatively quiet 
during that series, and I, I think that was a, a great job by that line. You know, Cogdano had zero points, Kessel only had one assist, but their main impact came defensively in stopping that line from doing anything even strength. And I think that's going to be the big key to this series as well. And really, Kessler, you know, we'll talk about in a bit, he's a Selkie finalist, and, and this is his role on this team, is to shut down the, the opposing players' best, uh, opposing team's best players. So I, I think that's probably the main key in this series, and we'll have to see if, if it's, uh, you know, a possibility. And tied into that, too, is going to be the face-offs as well, Eddie. You know, the Ducks were one of the better face-off teams. Uh, they were the third-best team in the first round at 53.4%, and the Oilers were actually one of the worser teams at 47.2%. And obviously that factors in uh, to this whole <coughs> Kessler versus McDavid line as well and all the other lines. I think for the Ducks, you know, they have an advantage there, obviously down with the center depth, uh, with uh, Getzloff in there, uh, Kessler, Thompson. You know, Thompson's not only been playing, you know, decent face-offs, but he's been playing well offensively too and defensively. So uh, that's going to be another key to watch in this series is how the face-offs pan out. But um, in looking at the overall picture and how it's going to go um, – I don't think this is going to be a four-game series, that's for sure. Um, I still think the Ducks will pull this one out, Eddie. Um, you know, Obviously, some factors are going to have to be determined the next day or two as far as the defense, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But I, I think this one will probably go about six games, Eddie, and I think the Ducks will pull this one out in six. Yeah, and I think it's respecting the speed of this team as well, and especially the speed and skill of that first line. Um, that's going to be important for the Ducks to, to really get a, a handle on that. And I think they did a decent job against the Flames, who are b by no means a slow team when you've got guys like Johnny Goodrow and Sam Bennett and, and Sean Monaghan on your team. I mean, they did a good job at times of handling the speed of the Flames. And I think that if they can do that against this team, I, I you know, the Flames, it, it, I'm sorry, the Oilers, you know, I, it's hard to say they're a faster team because they do have guys like Lucic and Maroon, but when, when you have Connor McDavid on your team and he's arguably the fastest guy in the NHL, you, know, you still have to mention that on this team. And, and I think the blue line for the Oilers as well, it, it's been good, uh, but when you, you compare it to the Flames, I don't think it is as good. And, and you know, it's tough to say the Ducks are going to win this in four. I don't want to. I, I don't think they will. Like you said, I think it's going to be a closer series. They always have shown that they can win close games against the Sharks, uh, who are a very experienced team. Um, but if I had to pick, you know, I, I'd probably pick six or seven games. And, and you know, we, we didn't see any seven-game series in, in, in round one, and it only gets tighter the farther you go in the playoffs. So, you know, if, I, if this goes six or seven, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Yeah, I agree. I, I I don't see either team winning this in, in four or five games. I think we're going to have a you know a decent series on hand, and all the things that we talked about are going to be the the factors you know of of how it's going to go. I think the biggest thing for the Ducks is going to be the health um, of the blue line. And we got a lot of updates on all kinds of players and different things that have gone on really in the last uh, you know forty eight hours, Eddie, with the defense. Um, we found out that Fowler has been back skating with the team, which has been good news. He's done that the last couple of days. Uh, it's not confirmed that he'll be in game one, but it's a good sign that he could be ready to go. I know Carlisle talked about the blue line, talked about having everybody ready to go, which we'll have to see. Uh, Botten was back on ice as well skating. Uh, we know Lindholm had sat out a couple days, uh, so we'll have to monitor his status. But it's just kind of interesting. Eddie. It creates a problem. If all these guys are ready to go, Fowler, Botten, and Lindholm, the Ducks are going to have to figure out what to do, or you know, Carlisle is going to have to figure out what to do because you have Theodore who played outstanding in the first round. And you have Montour too, so you look at this, you know, potentially having eight defensemen 
ready to go for game one, and you're only going to be able to pick six, uh, the obvious choice is uh, Holzer would be out. But then after that, if you had Fowler and Botten and Lindholm all good to go, uh, it's probably going to come down to Theodore uh, or Montour. And I would think it would be Montour just because Theodore's played better. But, I mean, it's still not an easy decision who the Ducks are going to put in there as their top six if they're all healthy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say Montour goes out easily and you just slot Fowler in because he hasn't played well. I, I mean, Montour had an assist, plus three. You know, was great on the power for the Ducks. Really looked like he belonged out there in, in the four games that they played in round one. But when you look at a team healthy with Fowler, you know, you've got Vaughton who, if he's healthy, he'll he'll be in the lineup. If Lindholm's healthy, he's in the lineup. Bieksa is in the lineup. Manson's in the lineup. And then you come down to, like you said, Theodore and Montour. And, and how do you take Shea Theodore out of the lineup the way he played in round one? Uh, I mean, five points, a plus three. One, uh, you know, the Ducks definitely the Ducks' best defenseman in, in in the the first round, and arguably one of their best players. I mean, he was tied in in points with Getzlaff and Raquel with five. So it, it, you really can't take him out of the lineup. And I think you also have to look at the fact that most teams love to have three righties and three lefties in the lineup. And, and when you take out Montour, you've got on the left side, you've got uh, Lindholm, Theodore, and Fowler. On the right, you've got Manson, Vaughn, and Bieksa. And I think that's the most likely option. But, it, I, I mean, it, it, we'll have to see. Uh, from what we heard at practice today, everybody's still there. Uh, the only one who wasn't there today was Lindholm. Uh, but, uh, I mean, everybody's still practicing, everybody's still ready to go, and, and I think it com- probably comes down to a day before uh, the game and when they decide who's in and who's out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if, if Fowler, Vatten, or Lindholm, one of them are out, then I, I don't think it's going to be a difficult decision. You'd have Theodore and Montour both in there. So we'll just have to see what happens, obviously, in the next uh, day or so leading up to game one. But that's kind of a breakdown of what you got. And, you know, we also have news on Simone Dupre as well. Uh, you know, we haven't heard a whole lot about him all season. If you remember, he only played in game one of the regular season against Dallas. Um, on the uh, NHL media side, they said that Simone Dupre was taken off the uh, injured reserve, which is a, is a shock. You know, we kind of didn't really expect much and didn't hear anything. But what I'm hearing from a couple uh, of my uh, buddies that go to practice and talk to the players and whatnot is that he's still not going to be back this season. He's going to be gearing up for next season, which is still a good sign, Eddie, because, you know, throughout the season, there was a lot of talk about he was going to be done. We weren't going to see him anymore. Um, And, you know, basically he was going to be out of it because of all the concussion problems and the symptoms and whatnot. So, we won't see him, um, you know, most likely won't see him in the playoffs, you know, pretty sure. But if he's able to get healthy and come back next season, that's just going to be huge for, you know, just him uh, individually as well as for the team. Yeah, I think it'll be great for him to, to get back and get playing. Obviously, like you said, it, it's important for the team that he gets back to. He's a, he's a key part to this team when he's healthy. But, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to, to him being able to live a life, a healthy life after hockey. And I think... You know, he's definitely not coming back this season. The Ducks don't need to rush him back. You know, even if he's close to being ready before the playoffs are over, there's there's no point. The Ducks are, are deep on defense. There's no point in bringing a guy who has a history of concussion injuries back and into the lineup. Uh, but, you know, I think it's important for him to, to get back. Uh, I mean, he, he's a, a great hockey player, a great guy. And for him to get back and being 100% healthy and hopefully playing in the NHL again is really important for him. You know, and, and talking about another defensive player, uh, Stoner as well. I know people ask about him. Um, you know, according to to Rotowire, they're saying he could be available in a couple of days. 
uh, for game one. Um, you know, I haven't heard anything official from the team, but on Rotowire, that's what they're saying. You know, he's obviously been out for, uh, for a while. Um, and they've listed him as uh, on Rotowire as having a, a stomach uh, injury or an abdomen injury. So that's another uh, one to add into the mix. I don't think it's the same position. I mean, given the other eight defensemen, Eddie, I don't think they're going to rush Stoner back either. But, I mean, man, I mean, talk about the Ducks having options on the blue line. Uh, you, you have eight and then possibly a ninth defenseman, uh, you know, you know, ready for game one. So it's going to be interesting who Carlisle puts in there for game one for sure because if some of these guys are all ready to go, then some de- decisions are going to have to be made. But I don't expect uh, Stoner to be in there at least for game one. No, I don't expect so either, either even if he's 100% healthy. But, you know, it's never a bad problem to have. I, I mean, if a guy goes down, you've got a, an NHL defenseman who's ready to step in and play a solid role with this team. And it's something we've talked about all this season into last season even as well and how deep the Ducks are on defense. And you think of some of the guys who aren't even here yet and maybe started the season with the Ducks, definitely Jakob Larson is one of them who will probably be here next year. And it will be another part of this deep Ducks defense that is starting to, to you know form here. And, I mean, it's just ridiculous what they've been able to do and the guys have been able to bring in the lineup um, and it, yeah, it's never a problem to have too too many guys yet you can put on your blue line. And obviously, we've seen that with Fowler going down, with Votnin going down, and being able to bring in Theodore and Montour and the way they played in round one and stepped up. They're key parts in the Ducks winning that series in four games. Absolutely, uh, and that's what we we're gonna, that's what we focused on too. Is uh, you know basically the defense all coming back, uh, getting healthy, and then seeing how it's going to you know wind up on the uh, the specialty teams too as well. So there's a few different things to look at. Is you know what's the blue line going to be made up of, and and how it's going to affect the team. Uh, not so much, I don't think, even strength, but more on the special teams. Um, trying to look through all the fan questions here, make sure we got everything down. I think we've covered uh, most of it. Um, we do have some questions about the second round. We'll go into those in a minute. Uh, you know, we'll go with some little updates here also on the goals. If you haven't been following them, they started the playoffs and they uh, are going against the Ontario rain. The, uh, the only thing that Kings fans have to cheer for now. Um, yeah, so they started their series this last week and, uh, the rain won the first game, uh, in overtime four to three. And then the goals came back and won the second game 5-3. to three. So the series is tied 1-1, and they'll be playing uh, game three later this week. So you can catch out, you know, check that action out. If you live in the Ontario area or the San Diego area, you can go to those games. Uh, if, if for some reason you can't make it to Honda Center. But we've got that going on. But there's news with some of the other players too, Eddie. Um, we found out that Max Jones, he uh, suited up. Uh, for warm-ups in Game 1, and then he actually played in Game 2. And we also heard that uh, Jack Kopaka signed an entry-level deal, and and he as well had been assigned to an amateur tryout to the goal. So a little bit of news with some of the younger guys there, Eddie, is uh, you know, they're getting some you know chances uh, down there in San Diego. Yeah, and I think that's great. I mean, it, it obviously adds to the depth that they have down there, and obviously with Andre Casa being down there as well, that's that's a key part to their team. And I think it you know it just keeps growing. Obviously, we had uh, earlier on uh, in the season that uh, Sidorov and and Soy were down there playing with the team, and now having Jones and and Kopaka going down there, it it only helps the depth that they have, and, and hopefully making a long run. Uh, in the Calder Cup playoffs, so I, I think it's 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 key for them. And obviously, you know, we've had a lot of questions too that I've seen on Twitter. And and where, you know, where's Troy Terry and where's Sam Steele? You know, I haven't honestly heard any news on on where Troy Terry is and if he's going to join the goals or not. Obviously, I, I mean, he's had a great 
year with winning World Junior Gold and then obviously winning the the national championship with with Denver. So um, and then obviously with Sam Steele, the, he's actually currently still playing with Regina in the WHL playoffs. So we won't really see him unless they get eliminated. So I I just think it's great to, to see all these guys. Uh, come up being able to play with the goals obviously guys who look to have bright futures with the ducks so it, it's really great to see them playing uh, so soon in, in professional hockey and the good thing too is in the series like i said you know they're close by uh ontario mm-hmm. and san diego so if you get a chance to go it, it's fun i've been down to san diego for a game uh the crowds into it um you know i warn you there's a mix of kings fans in there but <laughs> especially in this series but it's it's fun it's good time so we've got that going on as well um we you know posted the updates on some of the contract news on the website uh and if you haven't you know by the way checked out the website it is now in mobile format so if you go to the puck network uh, com slash anaheim or you can just even type in ducksandpucks.com i'll take you to the ducks page it's in a mobile format now uh, I know a lot of people were having issues trying to turn your phone or your iPad or whatever sideways. So you can go on there and check out everything. It's posted on there. It's in a friendly format. Um, I guess with that, Eddie, I will wrap up the show talking about the other series. We've got a couple um, you know, other uh, matchups going on around the league. Um, as we talked about last show, uh, Nashville came out and destroyed uh, Chicago. They won 4 nothing, And um, <laughs> as we also talked about, Minnesota lost. So I'm not sure how they feel about Boudreaux, but... The other uh, matchup in the Western Conference is going to be Nashville against St. Louis. And I think this is going to be a, a good one. I'm actually going with Nashville in this one, Eddie. Uh, I think the way their defense played, uh, especially against Chicago, I, I'm going to give them the edge against St. Louis. Uh, I think Minnesota just, uh, I don't know what happened with them. I think they just struggled too much down the, the stretch of the end of the season. Just couldn't really put it together in the playoffs, unfortunately for Boudreaux. But uh, I, I don't want, I don't know if I want the Ducks to play in Nashville if, if if they can get past Edmonton, but I, I think that's how I'm leaning in that series. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting too that this series really puts arguably the two best goaltenders uh, from round one against each other. I mean you had uh, Pekka Rinne who was just unbelievable in that series, and then you had Jake Allen who really you know got the Blues to the second round in some of these games. The Wild. Had, uh, outshot the, the, the Blues tremendously in some of these games, and he was able to uh, stand tall for them and get the win. So I think that's going to be a huge part of this series is, is which goal is going to be able to stay consistent and uh, and win this series for them. And, and then, yeah, I, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough one. I, I, I said it in the first round that some games would go to seven, uh, and we saw no game sevens in round one. Um, but I think if anyone... Of, of the games, uh, the series in this one go to Game 7. I think this has to be it. I, I mean, this will be an interesting series to watch. Uh, none of them really play an exciting style of hockey. You know, Nashville likes to hold on to the puck, one of the best possession teams in the NHL, and the Blues don't play an exciting style of hockey either. But I think it'll be interesting <laughs> to see, you know, the, you've got uh, Tarasenko, Statsny, Steen, all played great in, in the first series. And then obviously the the big line for Nashville is Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson, and how well they can play in this series. Um, I think it all comes down to, though, I think Nashville has a slight advantage in the way that their defense plays, especially their top four, is, is arguably the best top four left in the playoffs or even in the NHL. So I think that gives them a slight advantage, and, and I think Nashville probably gets this done in, in seven games. Yeah, I'll go so far as to say I think they get it done six. Uh, I mean, it's just the way that they've been playing. I mean, you know, they've already busted, I think, 99% of the brackets around the whole <laughs> world, so uh, why not keep it going? 
Um, but like you said, it could go to Game 7 too. And another series that could go to Game 7, which I had in my bracket, uh, is the Capitals against the Penguins. Um, I, I think this one's going to be a battle, Eddie. I mean, um, you got two of arguably the best teams in the East going at it. Um, both of them, you know, winning their first round series. Uh, the Capitals it took them six games to get past Toronto, and um, you know, so sad for Freddie uh, Anderson. But Toronto's out, so Washington's going to face Pittsburgh, and it's really going to. I think this is going to come down to a battle of offense. Uh, it, it's going to be a battle of goaltenders too. They're not obviously, I think, as you know, um, on it as Nashville and the uh, Blue Series is going to be. But uh, this one is going to be, I think, entertaining, Eddie, and may, may see some, you know, high-scoring affairs uh, in these uh, games. And I, I think this one could definitely go seven. Yeah, and, and I think this is an interesting one when you look at it. You, you know, most people would say, oh, Pittsburgh definitely has an advantage. I mean, they blew by Columbus, and, and Washington struggled with the, with Toronto, who was arguably one of the worst teams coming in points-wise in, in the playoffs. But you know, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Toronto and the way they played against Washington in that series. I, I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to come out and, and battle the way they did and then take five of those games to overtime uh, against the the best team in the NHL. And I think Washington coming in is going to be better off for, for playing a tough series like that against a, a young team in, in, in the Leafs. And you look at the way the Blues played uh, sorry, the Blue Jackets played it against Pittsburgh, and they played awful. They, they didn't play great. Bobrovsky wasn't solid for them. They couldn't get really get much going other than the game that they won against the Penguins. And even that was, was a tough 5-4 win where they almost lost it. So uh, I think this will be an interesting series. I mean, um, I'm giving a slight edge to the Capitals, who are 100% healthy, the the, the uh Penguins still have no Chris Letang. Uh, I'm not sure if Matt Murray is going to be back, even though Flurry did play solid in the uh, the first uh, round of the playoffs. But yeah, it, it will be one of the most exciting rounds uh, of the playoffs. Obviously, there's always bad blood between the uh, Capitals and the Pens with the, the rivalry between Ovechkin and Crosby, so that'll be interesting to see. And it'll be uh, great to see if Malkin continu- can continue playing the way he's been playing. I mean, 11 points in five games through, uh, through round one. <laughs> I mean, you know, he kind of gets sometimes overshadowed by by the superstar of, of Sidney Crosby, but the way he played in round one, he he was a, a real key piece to, to their uh, five-game victory. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I give a slight edge to the Capitals, even though I'm, you know I'm rooting for Pittsburgh in this one. So uh, with that, the last series is going to be the uh, New York Rangers. They uh, took out Montreal, which you know may have been a surprise to some people as New York was a wild-card team. But remember, they're in the Metropolitan, the ultra-competitive you know, Metropolitan. So even though they were a wild-card, they really weren't in my book. But they're going to go up against Ottawa. Ottawa ended up edging out uh, Boston. Uh, 4-2 to in that series. So this one, you know, I, I don't know. This one's kind of even to me. I, I, don't, I don't really have a preference uh, who I think is going to win. Uh, maybe a little bit of an edge to, to New York, especially after taking out, you know, Montreal. Um, I, I kind of give them the edge in this series. But this is another one to watch. I mean, all these series, any one of these series can go, you know, six or seven games. So I think this is going to be another entertaining one. Um, and uh, it, it could come down to, you know, one or two games in overtime as well. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one that was a little bit more clear-cut than the other three, I think this would be the series. I I don't want to put anything against uh, Ottawa. I think they played great in round one, uh, but they were playing a really depleted Boston Bruins team uh, on the blue line. They had to call up a lot of young guys. Uh, that were, they did make key contributions, but it's difficult to have to call up so many young guys who, who have no experience in, in, the, in the NHL, let alone in the playoffs, and try and win a series. Uh, but you know, I, I think you know the Rangers 
are a more complete team. Like you said, they're not really a wild card team the way they played. Right. It's just they were playing in that uh, metropolitan division where you know the the three top teams were just so good during the regular season. But I think they're a deeper team. I think their goaltending with, with the way Hendrik Lundqvist played in round one is a lot better. And then other than you know having Eric Carlson on the blue line, I, I think the Rangers uh, are a lot deeper on the blue line. So I think it's gonna be a tough. Tough uh, victory for the Sens. You know they've obviously got home ice going for them, which uh, is due to the fact of the Rangers being a wild card team. But again, the Rangers were one of the best road teams in the playoffs. We saw that when they came to Honda Center. So um, I, I think I got to give an edge to the Rangers, and and I'd go so as far maybe to say that they win this in five games. I think they're just a, a, that much of a better team. So if we look at it, you know our prediction is uh, the Ducks against Nashville. And Washington against New York, Eddie. I mean, that's what we're looking at. If it's the final four, obviously it's going to take a you know a week and a half or so to get to that. But that's where we're at. That's our predictions uh, around the league. Um, we'll be back probably sometime in the middle of this series, I would think, Eddie. Um, obviously, we don't think it's going to end quick against the Oilers, but we'll have another show and we'll break down you know the first two or three games depending on how the schedule uh, pans out um, for Eddie and I to get back on here and talk. Um, also, if you haven't uh, seen, we have three new shirts up. Make sure to check out uh, the website to buy them, tpnhockey.com. We've got up the Manson shirt. We have a Lindholm shirt up there. And we also have the You Can't Win uh, Here shirt, <laughs> uh, which is obviously pretty popular because of the uh, the Calgary uh, Flames' lack of success against the Ducks in Anaheim. So those are on there. Check them out. Um, thanks for all the fan questions. We'll be back probably within a week. And uh, let's go, Ducks.